Abel gave God his best, the first and the fat. Cain just gave him some fruit. So in this, we see a difference in spirit. Abel wanted to please God and wanted to be aligned with God. Cain, on the other hand, didn't care. He didn't want it. He wanted himself first and what he wanted first. And then as an afterthought, he gave a few things to God. Where are you doing that in your life today? Now, I'm not saying you're a murderer like Cain, the first murderer on earth. I am not saying that. But I am calling you to examine your heart. Where is your heart today? Is it like Cain or is it like Abel? This is the Money Minister Podcast. I bet you thought I'd be a man. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan, and I'm a financial coach and minister in training. I firmly believe that Christians shouldn't have money worries. This podcast is about keeping money in its place as a tool and not allowing it to rule your life. I challenge conventional beliefs we Christians have about money and use the Bible as my source of absolute truth. Join me. Let's work together to keep money in its place as we follow Jesus with our whole lives. Welcome to The Money Minister, episode two of season three. In today's episode, we are reading again in the book of Genesis, the book of Matthew, and a psalm. Genesis chapter 218 through chapter 4, verse 16, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 18, and Psalm 2. So there's a lot of similarities between all of these passages. And if you just read them, it's really hard to understand and really hard to pull out the similarities. But I'm going to do that with you here as we read these passages. We're doing a little bit of a different format than most devotionals. I'm going to be reading the Bible through it as I kind of show you what I'm bringing from this. Now, because this podcast is called The Money Minister and I'm a minister in training and married to an ordained minister, taught Sunday school for decades, I would like to just point out some of the principles in these passages that apply to us here today, that apply to how we manage money, apply to our attitude and our heart. Because if you've been listening to The Money Minister or you've been following me on Instagram or or Facebook or anything like that, you know that the very first biblical money principle is that God wants your heart. God wants your heart to be aligned to him. And that is what these passages are about. All of these passages are about your heart. They're about you aligning what you want to what God wants. And it's good. And in each of these passages, you see what happens when hearts are not aligned to God And when hearts are fully aligned to God, and it's not always good, the second half, it's not always good, but it is worthwhile. So let's get into today's passage. In Genesis, I'm going to give you a bit of an introduction here. We are at the point where Eve is being created, where Adam is naming the animals, where Eve is, they're about to be cursed, actually, and and Eve has her first two kids. Now, if you know the story of Cain and Abel, you know that this isn't a fun story. So we're going to get into the heart of it here. 
Let's read the passage starting in Genesis 2 verse 18. Yahweh God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground Yahweh God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature became its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the sky and to every animal of the field. But for man, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Yahweh God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As the man slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Yahweh God made a woman from the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and will join his wife, and they will be one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Chapter 3 Now the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field which Yahweh God had made. He said to the woman, Has God really said to you, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat of it. You shall not touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, She took some of its fruit and ate, and she gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it too. Their eyes were opened, and they both knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They heard Yahweh God's voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh God among the trees of the garden. Yahweh God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Yahweh God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Yahweh God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock and above every animal of the field. You shall go on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bear children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you have listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree, about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. The ground is cursed for your sake. 
You will eat it with much labor all the days of your life. It will yield thorns and thistles to you, and you will eat the herb of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all the living. Yahweh God made coats of animal skins for Adam and for his wife and clothed them. Yahweh God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore Yahweh God sent him out from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Chapter 4 The man knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and gave birth to Cain and said, I have gotten a man with Yahweh's help. Again she gave birth to Cain's brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. As time passed, Cain brought an offering to Yahweh from the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought some of the firstborn of his flock and of its fat. Yahweh respected Abel and his offering, but he didn't respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and the expression on his face fell. Yahweh said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has the expression of your face fallen? If you do well, won't it be lifted up? If you don't do well, sin crouches at the door. Its desire is for you, but you are to rule over it. Cain said to Abel his brother, Let's go into the field. While they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Yahweh said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Yahweh said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. Now you are cursed because of the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. From now on, when you till the ground, it won't yield its strength to you. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth. Cain said to Yahweh, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me out today from the surface of the ground. I will be hidden from your face, and I will be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. Yahweh said to him, Therefore, whoever slays Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. Yahweh appointed a sign for Cain, so that anyone finding him would not strike him. Cain left Yahweh's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. In this passage in Genesis, we're seeing a few things. We're continuing to see, first, the Garden of Eden, this perfect place that God created. And the serpent comes up to Eve and says, don't you want more? Don't you deserve more? Shouldn't you have more? Go out and get it. It's right in front of you. I know God said not to, but it's right in front of you. Just go get it. And then we see that this perfection is ruined because she wanted more than God gave her. And after that, we see a bunch of curses, right? God cursed the serpent, God cursed Eve, and God cursed Adam. And because this perfection was ruined, we see in the curse that God now ties hard work 
to being able to eat. So God says, you will till the ground and from that and from your sweat, you will eat. So we find this principle that hard work now is the way to get what you need to eat. And then after that, after that curse and after they've been driven from the Garden of Eden, we see a few things. Adam and Eve have kids, Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel both give things to Yahweh God. They give things to God. They sacrifice to God. It's found in this that Cain gives some fruit and Abel, on the other hand, gives the firstborn of his flock and the fat. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saberstreet.com slash groupfinancialcoaching. Abel gives God what's best, what's first and what's best. He gives God what is legitimately a sacrifice to him, the firstborn. He doesn't know if he's going to get another. He gives what's first and what's best. Cain, on the other hand, just gives God some fruit. So here we find another principle. Okay, they worked hard. They got some stuff. And God expects us to sacrifice and give him what is what he's due, our best, our best. Abel gave God his best, the first and the fat. Cain just gave him some fruit. So in this, we see a difference in spirit. Abel wanted to please God and wanted to be aligned with God. Cain, on the other hand, didn't care. He didn't want it. He wanted himself first and what he wanted first. And then as an afterthought, he gave a few things to God. Where are you doing that in your life today? Now, I'm not saying you're a murderer like Cain, the first murderer on earth. I am not saying that. But I am calling you to examine your heart. Where is your heart today? Is it like Cain or is it like Abel? Because with Cain, we see that his heart caused him to do something incredibly awful. And then we see God's other curse. We see that God can cause our work to be completely fruitless, completely fruitless. So God says to Cain, from now on, when you till the ground, it won't yield its strength to you. And he's caused Cain to be a fugitive and a wanderer. That's what happened to him when he didn't align his heart to God. So where is your heart today? Let's dive into Matthew chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he asked them where the Christ would be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is written through the prophet, You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are in no way least among the princes of Judah, for out of you shall come a governor who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men, 
and learned from them exactly what time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word so that I also may come and worship him. They, having heard the king, went their way, and behold, the star which they saw in the east went before them, until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They came into the house and saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned in a dream that they shouldn't return to Herod, they went back to their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. He arose and took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent out and killed all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding countryside from two years old and under, according to the exact time which he had learned from the wise men. Then that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children. She wouldn't be comforted because they are no more. What a horrible passage. What a horrible thing to do and to have happened. A bunch of little boys being killed because a man was jealous about a future king that was prophesied through the ages. In this passage, we see a parallel between Cain and Herod. They both did horrendous things, and evil clearly grew in the land between Cain and Herod's time. Herod was in charge of Judea at the time. He was a provincial governor or something like that. And in this passage, we see a few characteristics of God and of people. We see that God provides for his people. He provided for the wise men to go and see Jesus and to give him gifts. God provided for them and told them in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they went a different direction. They went back home. God provided for Mary and Joseph and Jesus and told them, go into Egypt, escape because I'm saving your life and I'm saving Jesus's life. We see that God provides for his people and for those who seek him and his will. All of the people that I just mentioned, the wise men, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, they were seeking his will and God helped them. God will help you if you seek his will. God will help you if you seek him. We also see here, like Cain, that Herod is willing to kill when he feels threatened or jilted. He killed all the male children who were two years old and under. Both Herod and Cain reacted selfishly and without humility when they didn't get the response they wanted. And neither of them got what they wanted from it. I mean, Herod died a horrible death. I've 
read the chapters, I've read the books. If you look into history, Herod died a horrible death. And if you read Genesis and and you take it literally, well, Cain was a wanderer and a fugitive. That's what you get when you are not aligning your heart to God. And if your heart feels really far away from God right now, then pray. Pray that God would help you. Pray that God would heal you. Pray that God would bring you closer to him. It's not something you can do overnight. It is something that takes sometimes years and years and immense practice over time. So pray that God would heal you and bring you closer to him. I know it seems like this does not have much to do with money. But this is about your heart. And if your heart is aligned with God, I have no concern about your heart being aligned and putting God before money. So examine your heart. Let's dive into Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth take a stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointed, saying, Let's break their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. The Lord will have them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his wrath. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill in Zion. I will tell of the decree. Yahweh said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will give the nations for your inheritance, the utmost parts of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Give sincere homage to the Son, lest he be angry and you perish on the way. For his wrath will soon be kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. I'm glad we're ending on this psalm. Because you see very clearly the difference between people who set their their hearts against God and people who set their hearts with God. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Give sincere homage to the son. God made the earth and everything in it. God made the rules that we live by. God made every material that is here. God made your spirit and God made your heart. God wanted you and wants you to be with him. God wants you to honor him. God wants you to love him because he loves you first. If you align your heart with God, if you ask God to fill your heart with his desires and his good things, and we will continue to get into that in different episodes, but if you continue to seek God and serve him and rejoice with God, then don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about your money. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God can cause your hard work to increase a hundredfold or even more. God can give you what you need and he will. And he has proven that over and over and over again. If you align your heart with God, God will take care of you. Do what he says. Faith and works. Do both. 
trust God and do what he says. By doing what he says, you prove that you trust him. So trust God and do what he says. And if you don't know what he's saying to do, read more of the Bible and ask him. Pray. Just ask him. Guys, this is important. This is so important. And I'm glad we're touching on this first. Align your hearts with God and you're going to be okay. And you can stop worrying. All right. This is The Money Minister, Episode 2, Season 3. All right. I hope this helped. Go pray. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.